Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn on your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go. I feel like I should let this song play out a little more just because it's going to be some of the best music you hear all night. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rock Out Loud. So glad to have you along with us. This is the rebellious uh, punk kid of the Goliverse. We're going to do things our way. Tonight, I'm going to sound like the old man back in my day of the Goliverse. To help me on this journey through one of the greatest decades in human history is my good friend, your good friend, the rocker chick herself, ladies and gentlemen, Kristen from Jersey. Hello, everybody. This podcast is my nightmare today. <laughs> it's like the worst day of my life. It, it could be. It, you know what? This could be some of the most fun we have on this show ever. Because we're going to cut loose tonight. <laughs> we are. It, we're going to cut loose, foot loose. It's going to be great. Um, we're talking about the 90s. And you've heard shows before where we've talked about, we've kind of, you know, talked down about the 90s. There were some good things coming out of the 90s. We'll get there. We'll get there. First off, I want to address our last episode, the Awesome Mix Volume 1 episode. I understand there's a lot of technical difficulties people are having in downloading it and that sort of thing. So I'm currently uh, trying to rectify that for you. Just continue to check your podcast feeds, and uh, and we'll try to make sure that um, that that gets rectified for you. Uh, sorry for the trouble you've been having. In the words of Han Solo, it's not my fault. So, but I will <laughs> I will try doing what I can to uh, to to fix it up. Kristen, how you been? I've I've been one busy lady, is what I've been. <laughs> you've been you've been rocking and rolling. I have. I, you know, I saw Motley Crue. I got, you know, some tickets for some shows and I'm on vacation. Got some tickets for some Halloween shows. I'm just, I'm just going to go to live shows and then go to Canada. That's what I'm going to do. You're going to Canada? I am going to Canada for work in September. Where in Canada will you be going? Whistler, British Columbia. You're going to freeze your bum off. <laughs> I'm so excited because two days before I go to Whistler, I'm going to be in Orlando, Florida, and I'm going to be sweating, and it's going to be disgusting. So I'm excited <laughs> to freeze. I love the cold. So you're going from the crazed, heat wave, humid Florida up to the frozen tundra of British Columbia, Canada. Yep. That's going to be crazy. That's what's happening. How was the crew? I can't even pack out of the same suitcase. Uh, no, that's going to be crazy. How was the crew? Horrible. Yeah. In a word, horrible. Wow. Now, uh, Alice. They're, they're Alice. Just, Alice 
Cooper was great. Yeah. Very, very good. It, it was my second time seeing Alice Cooper. The first time I was actually against the barricade, but I was against the barricade for his opening act because that's how I wanted to see. And then this little kid like behind us had like his face painted with Alice Cooper makeup, and it was good Alice Cooper makeup, oh, kind of wow. like how we're talking about with, you know, Kiss and the bad makeup. Sure, sure. Um, and we're like, hey, so we're not staying for Alice Cooper. We're just here for the opening act. You could totally take our spot when we're done. And the kid like started crying. He was like, oh my god, so thank you, thank you. <laughs> it was wonderful. I was like, that's my girl Southie for the day. Thank you. Nice. And then we went to the back. But Alice Cooper was great. Motley Crue. It's their last tour. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Same like standard set list. They played on with the show and no one or not on with the show. Um, yeah, on with the show and no one knew what it was. And you know, Nikki Six like had story time for you know twenty minutes during the show. I'm like Nikki, I've seen the behind the music. I've read the dirt. I've read the heroin diaries. I can recite this story that you're telling me. Oh, I hate him so much. <laughs> well, why'd you go see him? Because it was their last tour. Okay. Remem- so they're saying, and I'm not going again. <laughs> right. Remember when Kiss had their last tour? I do in 1997. Yeah, yeah. Hey, speaking of Kiss, now uh, Ace Fraley was on Chris Jericho's podcast on Friday. Was he? He's on, a good interview. On Talk is Jer- he was. He was really good. It was cool to listen to him, and he got, you know, he was talking about the stuff with uh with with Paul and Gene, and he was talking about the um. He, he was talking about the Hall of Fame, and he's like, I really wanted the four of us to do, you know, at least one song together. He's like, I, mm-hmm. I really wanted to do that. And uh, they just would not even talk about it. And he's like, because... Nope, he's they like, would not. Yeah, and he said, he said, you know, because he said, look, he said, I can't speak for um, Peter. He's like, but I was willing to put everything aside just to perform at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, we didn't have to do a full set. We could have done one song. Yeah. And that was that. Well, well, I know that he had, um, Ace had a guitar under the table that they were sitting at because he was supposed to do like, because they usually do like a stupid all-star jam where like people from all the different bands come up and play. Yeah. And he had his his guitar sitting under the table because they were going to do that. But then, you know, Bruce Springsteen has to play for 78,000 years and play Kitty's Back, which is the worst Bruce Springsteen song ever. And it's like three hours. So they didn't get to do the all-star jam. Well, and and each band member had like a two-hour-long acceptance speech and that sort of thing. (laughs) Oh, my God, I know. It's like, well, there's, you know, 30 people in the E Street Band, so... (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, once you let them all, even if you let them all go for a minute, you're talking about 30 minutes worth of stuff. No, but, um, yeah, so that's a really cool... I I brought that up because of uh, talking about bad concerts. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but no it's a great interview it's worth checking out talk is jericho over at podcast one they're not paying me to say that i'm just letting you know um he had phil collin on a couple of months ago that was really a great interview with him so i love phil we need to get phil on our show well we'll try we'll try (laughs) so um kristen you also texted me and i i want to try to find it here really quickly and 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 just read it verbatim because i'm i'm really interested in this (laughs) um you says was this the most random text you got yesterday? Yeah, you said I think you'll get a kick out of me looking through my sixth grade yearbook, and every signature has to do with my obsession with bands and music. You yep. found you found an old yearbook. <laughs> I did. What? And literally every signature is like 
Hey, Kristen, have a great summer. Keep listening to Bon Jovi. Hey, Kristen, have a good summer. Never change, you rock and roll diva. Like, I swear to God, every single thing is about music because literally that's all I was in school. I was known as the chick that was into music. My stupid book covers were plastered with Bon Jovi and Def Leppard. <laughs> now, this was from what year in, when you were in sixth grade? Uh, 2004, maybe? 2000? I don't no, know. No, I was going to no, not two, 2000. Yeah, like 2000. I think it was 2003. Okay. 2002 or 2003. Okay. All right. Because it was the year that Nikki Six blew me off. Oh, wow. Yeah. He blew He blew sixth <laughs> so grade Kristen like, off? Know. He was like, forget yeah. you, sixth yeah. grade Kristen. He put up a barricade between me and him. I was the only person out there with my aunt. I'm not that scary. I was 12. And he was like, get away from me, kid. Yeah, whatever. I hate him. And I would love to meet him and say, listen up, you little D-bag. Like, what is your glitch? Like, what is your problem? I was 12. You could have been the hero. Def Leppard was a hero. They wrote me a letter back when I was eight. Mm -hmm. You suck. I hate you. Goodbye. You know what? I'm glad. I'm glad you've let it all go and that you're not holding (laughs) on to it anymore. I I don't hold on to it. It's just so frustrating, Steve. I hear you. I understand. I understand. Um, well, you know, it's good. Keep that angst because, Lord, we're talking the 90s, and the 90s was full of angst when it comes to rock music. So uh, we're, we'll get there in just a moment. Um, I want to I check out a few emails. we got tons of emails, and we want to thank you for emailing us at rockoutloudpod at gmail.com, rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. I want to thank you guys um, for sending in your emails there. Uh, this comes from our good friend Dylan, who sends in his reviews of every show. I'm going to run down this pretty quickly. He says he's on his Rock Out Loud binge list, and it's his second one of the evening. And uh, he says, I dig this subject. He's talking about uh, anthems. He says, I dig this subject for the anthems, or for the uh, for the evening. Here are my alternate choices. For those about to rock, we salute you. Um and he says, I'm going to I'm going to keep saying Riff Raff off of Power Age until you guys play it on the show. Just kidding. Other choice would have been Big Balls or Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Big Balls is a fun. I love Big Balls. Yep. Big Balls is so good. <laughs> All the innuendo. Moving on. Bob O'Reilly by The Who. He says, you could have went with Won't Get Fooled Again or My Generation. Those power cords are so meat and potatoes thickness. I was lucky to see The Who twice in the past 15 years, and both times they brought it. The best cover of this song is by Pearl Jam, but the Gaslight Anthem comes close. Just my two cents. Rock and Roll All Night by Kiss. I would have accepted Detroit Rock City as well. My all-time favorite person uh, version of this song is the MTV Unplugged version where all four original members got to sing a verse. Just the perfect version. Jukebox Hero by Foreigner. You guys have to do an episode on these guys so I can educate myself. I only know the obvious. School us. Hey, let's scrap the 90s episode and go Foreigner right now, Kristen. Right now. Yeah, let's just... <laughs> Forget it. Uh, Running with the Devil, Van Halen. I'm more of a Dance the Night Away and Unchained fan myself. Uh, what I don't think they get enough credit for is their glorious backing vocals. Um, yes. I agree with Chris, and I wouldn't want to see them now. Pride in the Name of Love by U2. Uh, they have so many stadium anthems, it's hard to pick just one. I've got to see them twice. The closest thing to church both times. <laughs> I hope that makes sense. It does. Bono is kind of... Uh, there's an apocryphal story. I've heard it told several times. It's not a real story. It's more of a joke. 
But Bono's on stage and he's and he's clapping his hands like that. You know, he's just clapping, and he's like, every time I clap my hands, someone dies from starvation. And someone from the crowd shouted out, "Well, stop clapping your hands!" <laughs> it's not a true story, but it's it's one worth telling. Uh, pyromania, the greatest story ever told. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, pyromania, uh, featuring Rock of Ages uh, by Def Leppard. Great price for the CD, he says. Of course, you could have. I think he's just copying and pasting from the posting. He says, "Of course, you could have said photograph <laughs> or pour some sugar on me as well." When I hear this song. I think of a few uh, MTV videos in my first rock concert. When I hear it now, I sometimes think of this. And he put a YouTube link in here. And, um, oh, okay, it's the... Uh, did you ever see um, the, the movie Balls of Fury about the ping pong? I haven't, but I've seen that scene. <laughs> oh, yes, it's so good. It's a funny movie. It's got the guy who played Hutch in Fanboys for all, of the, for all my geeks out there. Youth Gone Wild by oh, Rocket in the Free World by Neil Young. Wow, wild card. He says, I always love this song. Uh, YouTube, a clip of Neil Young and Pearl Jam performing this in the MTV Video Music Awards from the 90s killer version. That is a great, great version. Um, speaking of the 90s. Youth Gone Wild by Skid Row. Nice. Could 18 in life or I remember you be considered for anthem status? I remember you in that more no. of a ballad. It's a ballad, man. Yeah. Now, Slave to the Grind, that could be considered an mm, anthem. Mm-hmm. Check out their EP, B-Side Ourselves. It's actually a really good... Oh, I get the pun there. It's actually a really good cover album from the early 90s. Uh, Paradise City by Guns N' Roses. Yes! Uh, to be honest, I've bought two versions of this album in the past month. I was trying to find the best-sounding version. Turns out the less expensive one is the best-sounding one. Oh, well, you live, you learn. Please do me a favor and check out the Black Sabbath song, Zero the Hero, off of Born Again. Without Zero the Hero, we would never get Paradise City. Hmm. Are you familiar? I'm not. Well, you know, I don't like to do this during the show at all. but uh, <laughs> This never happens. It's really no. rare that we do it, really. Yeah, but sometimes stuff is brought up, and I feel like I just need to uh, check it out and see exactly what he's talking about. Um, Black Sabbath, Zero the Hero. I'm, wow, I'm really scared. The, the, just the cover of this, this album cover is really freaking me out. Here we go. Oh, this is the unmixed demo. Hmm. Let's get let's see if I can get a get a better <laughs> version. Okay, here we go. I wonder if it is Dio or Ozzy. Oh, there's an ad. Bunch of beer bottles going around. <clears throat> All right, here we go. say this is what i think when i think metal it's scary this it's is, heavy this is scary 
I guess, I mean, I guess I see what he's saying. It's got some similar riffs to Paradise City or similar rhythm there. I don't see what he's saying, Kristen. It's it's not verbatim. Mm-mm, no. Uh, I think he's stretching. Yeah, I do too. Dylan, you're stretching. Much love, though, buddy. Much love. Um, he says it's one. He says uh, I've seen the new Guns N' Roses uh, when they did their Vegas residency a few years back. I heard it was a hit and miss some of the shows. Thank God ours was a good one. To be honest, it took a little bit for Axel's voice to get warmed up, but when it did, it killed. An amazing three and a half hour show that ended with Paradise City. Which is one of my all time top ten concerts. Wow. Just my two cents. Wow. That's a. I mean, that's kind of a rarity to hear someone say things positive about the new Guns N' Roses. Huh. Yeah, I think he might be the only person in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Jessica Becker chimes in. Says, Yay! Yeah, says, hi guys. Just thought I would drop in and give some of my thoughts about 90s music. I'm a 90s kid. So while I was growing up, most of the music I listened to were boy bands like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Everybody... Yeah. yeah, rock your body. I was really flat there. Yeah. I never really, li- <laughs> I never really listened to the rock music that came out in the nineties because my parents mostly listened to music they loved while they were growing up. So I was raised on bands like Bon Jovi, Journey, Aerosmith, The Romantics, and The Kinks, which is still my favorite band of all time. Now going back, I've found that some of the music that I listen to now came out in the nineties, even though a lot of it isn't strictly rock. <clears throat> I am going to have a hard time saying this next line. <laughs> Green Day is a band I love. It could be worse. Just yeah, keep breathing. Yeah. And even though they are mostly a punk band, they do have some songs you can rock to. A few more bands that I enjoy listening to from the 90s are Three Doors Down, Okay, Matchbox 20, of course, and Third Eye Blind. Yeah. Third Eye Blind's hit or miss with me, but I like them. As I'm writing this, I'm listening to Semi Charm Live, and I've forgotten how much I love this song. So good. Overall, 90s music is something where I will like a few songs from an artist, but not really know a large amount of their work or a lot of man, large amount of their music. It is a chunk of time in my musical knowledge that I need to try and build. No, you don't. But as I'm listening to my 90s music, I can tell the difference in tone from rock in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. It doesn't seem to f- focus on big instrumental solos or hooks as much. I know there are some songs that have a hook that everyone knows, smells like Teen Spirit, Inner Sandman, but I can't find a lot of stuff like that. It could just be my not, not my knowledge on 90s rock isn't that great. Hopefully listening to your list will give me some things to check out. Or maybe not. Can't wait to listen to the episode. And Kristen, I feel like we should try to meet up at a concert in Philly sometimes. Hopefully it isn't weird to suggest that, but I think it would be awesome to go to a show with you. And that's from Jess. She's a lady, so I'm she's down. safe. She's safe. Not some I'm, a, I'm always down to, like, as long as you're not creepy, like, I'm down. <laughs> I, I will see a show with anybody, especially because I always go shows alone. So I it's nice, you. you know, to not be down in my cell phone all the time. We need to, uh, we need to go to a show at some point. Um, yeah. And preferably a show that both of us like. Like, I wouldn't take you to, like, a Gerard Way concert. Right. I wouldn't want to go to one. <laughs> It's going to be so good, even though I hate him, too, but that's okay. (laughs) Steven chimes in, and he says, Love the show on Rock Anthem. Certainly no better way to start a show than with ACDC. And I really like Steve's Steve's observation about how they have a lot of nice song intros with the guitar coming in one speaker and the drums coming in another. Here are a couple of songs I could have picked. He says, ACDC, it's a long way to the top. If you want to rock and roll. Why can I not sing that? Hold on a second. 
Isn't... I can't do it. I've lost. I've lost my ability to sing. Nineties music has killed me. Um, how can we continue on? I don't know. Hold on. Ugh. I can't even think of the words of that song right now. Oh my gosh. Um. Nope. I, oh my, my Lanta. What is wrong with me, Kristen? <laughs> I'm so scared right now. This is incredible. I'm so scared. I've lost. Oh, hold on. Someone make a commercial out of this. Oh my gosh. What? Please. Why can I not find? Now I can't even find the song. Something is wrong. Everything is wrong. <laughs> Oh my god. No gosh. one wants to do this tonight, Steve. No one. Okay, okay, go to artist. <laughs> I'm in it. I'm in my iTunes. Go to artist. Where is the song? Okay, here we go. Oh, okay, there he is. Okay, alright, good. We got it. We got it. Alright, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I hope everyone's feeling it. Thank God. Oh. Is everybody okay? That was intense. That was intense. I, I was panicking. Like, I could not think of the song. Run! It was like we were lost in the woods. I know. I know. He says, uh, he goes on. He says, Airborne, too much, too young, too fast. A worthy modern rock anthem. David Essex, rock on. Classic rock anthem. Steven, let me encourage you to check out the album Yeah by Def Leppard. They do a great cover. Yeah. Of Rock On. So, a rocking cover of Rock On. Yes, it's really good. I love that whole album. That's such a good album. Uh, can't wait you're to welcome. listen. You're uh, Thank you. Can't wait to listen to the next show. Got the awesome mix show queued up in my playlist. I hope it played for you, Steven. Working out the, the kinks on that uh, as we speak. Finally, Rodney chimes in. Your good friend, Rod. He says, bald-headed Rod, as it were. He says, I'm disappointed I'll be able, unable to make it tonight. Sorry, Steve. Hold your applause, Kristen. I listened to your Anthem podcast. It was fun. I was surprised to see uh, see Fight for Your Right, and we're not going to take it. We're not on there. That is no way knocking your list. Apparently, there was some confusion in an early email. Maybe those two are just cliche. I look forward to hearing your 90s podcast. I still listen to a lot of music from that area. Rage, Corn, Prodigy, Crystal Method, Sneaker Pimps. Okay, maybe some of those are listed for my amusement. Maybe I should just scrap the soundtrack episode and do a techno out loud episode with you guys. No. No, no techno? No. No. <laughs> Never. Not at all. Not at all, sir. Well, <laughs> we are we're talking about the nineties um tonight and, and we've we've said some disparaging things about the nineties on this show, Kristen. We have. And um 
I wanted to just really quickly. I've pulled up a few songs here uh, that to me are 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 a weird encap, and I say weird encapsulation of of the '90s and what was going on uh, starting in in uh, in in 1990. Need some volume. Now this is Rock Zed. It must have been love, and you can hear that. You know the electronic stuff has come into vogue. You got the uh, you got the good reverb on those electric drums. And this is more of a battle. Now, Roxette had hits earlier on with like Joyride, and uh, well, I think Joyride was after this. But uh, she's got the look, which is a big honking show staple. You know, mm-hmm. um, but then there was stuff like this, and you know, it's a good song. It's a good little love ballad song, and it's what you expect. But it's kind of like this is here is the '90s. This is how we start the '90s with this and Wilson Phillips. But then we move on to this kind of stuff. Keep in mind, keep in mind, this was a hit in 1991. People were dancing to this song. In 1991, like I remember all of us because they use like they speak French in this, and I was just like in middle school when this came out, like junior high school. And everyone's like, are they saying, like, satanic stuff? You know, because they've got the monks chanting and everything. I'm like, I don't know. Why are you asking me? They're like, well, your dad's a preacher. They're like, I bet it is. I bet this is some kind of satanic. <laughs> like, you had kids, like, running around like, I bet this is some kind of satanic ritual music. But people were digging this. This was Enigma. And and they go, ça, de moi. And you're just like, what? What is going on? And then you got fun stuff like this. Everybody love that crap. <laughs> now, this is honestly, this was almost one of my picks. And I don't know if this guy's a one-hit wonder or not, but this is the only song I ever knew by this guy. Early 90s. Jesus Jones right here, right now. You can kind of hear he's trying to be you 2 You you can tell he's trying to be you 2 Are you going to tell me that doesn't sound like you two? It does. It totally does. Yeah, yeah. But I dig this song, and, and it was dug back in the day. And then you had stuff like this. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg yeah. rapping. One-year-old Kristen was breaking it down to this. It's so funny to think that he's one of the biggest actors of, of our time. Now, this guy was always a genius, and I got to tell you, this is a song I always loved. A little bit of Prince. Cream. Kind of vulgar, but Prince was vulgar, and I love Prince. But this is just kind of, I'm giving you a snapshot through the 90s here. Tom Petty, surprisingly enough, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Petty. Uh, showed up in the 90s um, and and had some big hits. 
you know, and he's one of those people that his sound never really changed from what it was, even mm-hmm. now with his newer stuff. And you know, I I'm okay with Tom Petty. He's not one of my favorites in the world, you know, but but that was there. But he he's not offensive. No, no, not at all. That's what I'm saying. So you had some little things in here, and then Lisa Loeb decided to sing a song. Now, of course, before Lisa Loeb made it, we had to suffer through this. It was Ace of Bass. They were trying to be like the second coming of ABBA or something. My Lanta. <laughs> My Lanta. And uh, let me hit you. Oh, this was the big one. And I can't dog on this song because, you know... This is one of the biggest hits to come out of my high school years. With a little love and some tenderness. And uh, you can't forget, uh, that's Hold My Hand by Hooting the Blowfish, by the way. And, and by George, you know, since Rod wants to have a little techno out loud, let me get over in this song. make it stop oh that was a snap Sounds like every sixth grade dance yes well and what i'm saying is is like you see just kind of what was there you had genesis doing some stuff back in the day of course one of my favorite songs of all time life is a highway came out of the early 90s uh some of the bands we'll be talking about stuff def leppard had some stuff out there but it didn't get a lot of airplay didn't get a lot of time and that's because of some of the stuff we'll talk about that, that kind of was negative about, to us at least, in our opinion. Now, again, the opinions of this podcast are mine and Steve's, and they don't reflect the opinions of anyone else necessarily who's listening, but they should. <laughs> you should know better by now. You do what we do. That's right. <laughs> you like what we like. That's right. Or if you don't, then then I don't know what to do. Get either. out! Yeah, oh, my land. <laughs> Kristen took a turn for the worse on the 90s episode. <laughs> Told people they need to get out, get busy loving the 80s, or get busy dying. Um, <laughs> it's, it's all the 90s, like, it's all the angst. I can't take it. <laughs> well, well, now, but you were a little girl. You were growing up as a child in the 90s, and, and there are some things that you remember fondly about the 90s. Uh-huh. You you listed some in an email here. Do you, do you have that email pulled up, or would you like me just to kind of... I- I do have it pulled up, but you could go through it if you want and make fun of me. <laughs> well, the first thing is TRL. Now, TRL from MTV, Total Request Live, I think is what those initials stand for. That's a late 90s thing, correct? Yeah, that was like a, I think it started in like 95. Mm-hmm. But it always used to come on at like 3.30 every day. So it was like right after I got home from school. And it was like appointment television. <laughs> What did you think of Carson Daly as a kid watching TRL? Um, I mean, I didn't really think much of him. I just wanted him to shut up so I could, you know, see, like, the craziness that was, like, you know, Marilyn Manson. And then, like, you know, you ha- like, Mariah Carey going, like, bananas on the show. Like, just so much craziness happened on that show. Carson Daly just, like, he was an enabler for everybody. I feel like Carson Daly is an android of some sort. 
Yeah. He has he has the deadest, most detached eyes in the world. Like he would just always look at me like, here's our number seven count, you know, number seven on the chart today. Hit me one more time by Britney Spears, who's moving on up. And I'm like, What is what is this guy's deal? And everyone else is going, Wow and he's like, Welcome to Total Request Live, Carson Daly. So glad to be here. You don't seem glad. Who was Jesse Camp? Oh, Jesse Camp was an MTV VJ, oh. and he was really tall, and he had crazy, wacky hair. Yeah, crazy, wacky hair. Did I lose Kristen? You gotta be kidding me. We lost Kristen, ladies and gentlemen. We may have even lost uh, our feed. Who knows? No, we're still going over here on the feed. We lost Kristen. Just as she was talking about Jesse, Jesse Camp. I remember Jesse Camp. Was that an act? I mean, that guy seemed to be putting on an act to me. He was like, whoa, man. It was so not an act because I met him. So not an act. You met him? Yes. He was at a radio station down the street from my house. Like, legit. And he was standing outside of me and my dad were driving by. I was like, Dad, I think Jesse Camp was out there. And he was like, no, he's not. I'm like, it was this really tall guy. Go back. And we turned around. And I was like afraid to come out of the car. But then I went into the, like, I went out and I was like, my dad did all the talking for me. And he wrote me an autograph and he called me his sweet little rock and roll angel. And wow. it's like this big long thing on yellow paper and he did flowers. <laughs> he was so nice. <laughs> all right. So you love Jesse Camp. Uh, I did. My so-called life and so much 90s TV. Now, see, I don't have any fond memories of 90s TV. Oh, I have so many good memories of 90s TV. Like, my so-called life, you know, Jordan Catalano started my love for Jared Leto, of Mm -hmm. course. Who who didn't? Um, And then I think of, like, you know, Clarissa Explains It All and Salute Your Shorts and Hey Dude. And then you had, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark and Caitlin's Way in the Secret World of Alex Mack. Oh, 90s. It was so good. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Boy Meets World, which we'll talk about. Oh my God, such good time for the such good time for TV. <laughs> From Boy Meets World, we go to Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> wow. So uh, you you know me, Steve. You know I'm a little dark and I'm a little bit weird. Like, the first time I saw Marilyn Manson on TV, it was in a video called The Dope Show. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, all in, like, a red sequined outfit. And he's got, like, this crazy orange and red makeup on. I was like, oh, my God, I want to do my makeup like that. That looks so awesome. And I was like, this guy's so weird. It's great. And I'm pretty sure that my mother wanted to have me exercise of demons at that point. But Mm. whatever. That didn't happen. So (laughs) here I am. I guess Seinfeld was a good show in the 90s. The Fr- Friends started in the 90s. I guess I was a fan of I'm just going back and thinking of 90s TV. I was, Seinfeld was appointment TV, man. I cried when that show ended. Yeah, I did too because I was so disappointed with the way they ended it. No, yeah. I was so sad that it was like, oh, it was just so sad. Like I watched every single week with my dad and then I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Lame. Now I can. Syndication. That's thank right. you. Oh, listen, every time you... there, Friends and Seinfeld are both on somewhere at some point 24 hours a day and roseanne roseanne was another good 90s show okay we didn't watch roseanne at my house i don't know why um loved it the lion king aladdin beauty and the beast oh you know what i'll give the 90s those things those are great things that come out of the 90s 
right? Uh, I saw The Lion King 15 times in the movie theater. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, <laughs> The Lion King was released, I was um, 14 or 15, I think, when it came out. And I went to see it. And uh, uh, the thing that I just, that just got me jazzed more than anything else 1994 oh wow i was a lot older i was like 16 or 17 when it came out 17 when it came out and i went and saw it and the thing that got me jazzed more than anything else is when mufasa tells um simba from the clouds he's like you are my son and i'm like it's almost like the darth vader line uh Darth Vader was good. This is what would have happened. That's right. That's right. Instead, he said, I am your father. But he said, you are my son. And it's just as good. No one remembered Star Wars. And um, <laughs> but, Now, did you cry, Steve? Did you cry when you saw the Lion King? Because let me tell you, I sobbed every single time. No, no. I was, uh, I, I, I just thought it was oh. funny and good and, and a great movie. I love the end. I love the music as he's climbing up Pride Rock. You can check out... Our review of The Lion King, mine and Teresa Delgado's review of The Lion King uh, in about three years on Disney Vault Talk. So we'll be there. <laughs> plug, 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 plug. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast one of my favorites. I have great memories of Beauty and the Beast because my little niece who lived with us, uh, she was just a, she was, she was but a babe. And um, I think she's a little bit older than you. And, uh, but she was just a kid and she would make me watch Beauty and the Beast with her at least until the Beast turned nice. Because she was scared oh, of the Oh, I beast. love it. Yeah. Empire Records. What a movie. Such, such a good movie. That, that movie made me want to work in a record store. And by the time I was old enough to work in a record store, record stores weren't really around anymore. They're but coming back. But basically, my goal is that I make my shop every single day like Empire Records. And I, <laughs> I, I kind of succeed. So, you know, it's good to have something to strive for. Well, record stores are coming back. Uh, not, not around here, they're not. Not around here either. But, uh, but vinyl's becoming a thing again. Everyone thinks it's cool to collect vinyl. Uh, I know. Now, when you say girl power... Uh-huh. Do you mean Spice Girls? I do mean Spice Girls. And I'll tell you why I mean Spice Girls. Because I appreciate that in the 90s, the Spice Girls would wear, you know, platforms. And they would wear, you know, short skirts. And they would wear low-cut dresses and all sorts sort of stuff. And they were like, if you want to wear a short skirt, that doesn't mean anything about you other than the fact that you just want to wear a short skirt. Go for it. Be yourself. Be happy. And who cares what anyone else thinks? I appreciate that. I like a group that says, you know what? You want to wear a short skirt? Go for it. That doesn't say anything about you, honey. You rock that short skirt. I love them. I love them. And everybody always made me scary spice because of my hair. So, you know... I really, really, really want to zig a zig ah. <laughs> if you want to be my lover. And you have in big capital letters, Boy Meets World. Taught me everything I needed to know about life as a child. Really did. Now, how many times did you cry watching Boy Meets World? Um, More than I like to... More than I should probably say i cry every single time i see the finale mm -hmm. when mr feeney's like believe in yourselves dream try do good that's actually above my back room at my place of work i wrote believe in yourselves dream try do good um it's just oh my god like so much stuff like we were taught me and you know my assistant manager we're talking about today like 
we were throwing lines out there and it was just like, and I would throw it out and she would continue it. I would throw it out, she would continue it. And this girl that we work with who's only 18, you know, she, she's a little bit after the Boy Meets World time. She's like, what is wrong with you two? And we're like, we have the DVDs. We'll let you borrow them. You have to watch it. <laughs> mm. See, you have a much more positive take on 90s and pop culture than I do. Um, professional wrestling got really big again in the 90s. Uh, it had its big it resurgence. Did. Yeah, late later I on in the 90s. I love Generation X. Yeah, well, you know, um, got two words for you. Um, <laughs> there was there was all kinds of cool stuff happening there. I graduated high school in 1995, so there was that. And uh, in 1999, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, was released. So it, it ended well, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I guess Power Rangers was around. And You know what? I, I will give the 90s Animaniacs and, uh, and a little show called Tasmania as far as stuff on TV. But I guess... What about I, Muppet Babies? Muppet Babies is more of an 80s thing. Really? Because yeah. I remember Muppet Babies in the 90s. Well, you might remember Muppets Tonight. The cartoon Muppet Babies. Now, there were some videotapes that got out and about, but the cartoon originally aired in the 80s. Uh, it might have run through into the 90s. Um, Maybe. But, uh, but I definitely used to watch that. Yeah, but I definitely associate the Muppet Babies with the 80s because that's when it, it started. Right after uh, Muppets Take Manhattan came out in theaters, and they did a whole little segment where they were... Piggy was imagining if they'd known each other when they were little babies. So, <laughs> uh, but anyhow, um, you know, I, the thing is here, here's the thing. Whereas you were born in 1990, I was entering, um, puberty in 1990. And, you know, I, uh, I, I just, it was that weird time in life, man, from the time you're 13, right on through till, you know, your early twenties. I, it's just, it's a weird time for everybody. You know, it's just, it's that growing up, it's that experiencing life. And I did, you know, I got to experience some life, not that much, but, but a little bit. And, and I was always, I don't know. I just look back and, and I take a personal look at the nineties and I'm like, I don't know that I, I don't know that anyone likes who they are. I was talking to someone the other day that I graduated high school with. We just happened to bump into each other and we were talking about some different stuff and, and he was talking about one of his kids, and he's like, you know, um, she's getting into this little group and that little group. He's like, and I didn't really have a group that I hung with. You know, he said, I, I didn't. And I and I got to think, I'm like, did I have a group that I hung with? <laughs> and I almost stopped him and like, what did you think of yourself in high school? Like, I just want to know. Like, I want to have serious, like, Kristen, what did you think of yourself in high school? Um, I. I was I was an oddball because I was very very sure of myself and I really could have given two hoots what mm -hmm. anybody thought of me. I just yeah. wanted to get out and go to shows and hang out with bands. That's really the only thing right. I cared about in high school. See, my best friend in high school I always perceived as being that way. She was real sure of herself, and everyone kind of said she was weird, you know, around here. And I'm like, no, she's not. She's a, she's a free spirit and she knows what she wants out of life. I wish I could be that way as well. You know, I was thinking that when I was in high school, or whatever. I was never real sure of myself. I never had a lot of confidence. And um, and, and I had some great friends, man. Crevice, who I've talked about on the Big Honkin' Show before. You know, he's still my friend and, and that sort of thing. But I was just, you know, it's just, it's a weird time. And then you go off to college and, uh, man, did I mess up my life in the latter part of the 90s. I just had a, I had a hellacious, 
you know, late 96 through old 98 into 99. I mean, I just really did. It took 2000 and, well, it took 2000 coming along for me to finally kind of get my head straight and, you know, and, and get things and recover, you know. So it's just a weird time for me. And so I look back on some of this stuff and I'm like, oh, it's so, but then there's so much that's just ingrained in my generation. And the generation that I came out of. And, and, and as we get into some of the stuff we're talking about, uh, we'll talk about that. Because you have some things that are crap about the 90s, and the first thing you put is grunge. Yep. The number one thing, the main thing. Yeah. The evil empire of grunge. You know, I here's my thing about grunge. Grunge is kind of a flash in the pan. Dave Jones, who gets really mad when we start trashing the 90s. Um, yeah, but he's not here. He's tonight, not here so. tonight. Yeah, he's. He, I was talking to him before. He's like, I'm not going to be able to be there live. He said. He said. So you guys just throw me under the bus, you know. But he was talking about how grunge really wasn't that huge a movement. But I liken it to a little wrestling company up out of the uh, the Philadelphia area, Kristen, um, mm. called ECW. Yep. ECW was a, a wrestling organization that when it hit, it, it hit big, it burned brightly, and not for very long. There was a lot wrong with it, a lot that didn't work, but it had such an impact on the culture of professional wrestling. And I know this is rock out loud, that, you know, that people really remember just how big a deal this thing was, even though it didn't stick around that long. And I mm-hmm. think that's the same thing with grunge, is when this grunge movement left Seattle and made its way out into the rest of the states, at least, that it had such an influence on the way things would happen post that movement that that I look at it and I'm like, wow, we've taken a long time to recover from that. <laughs> yeah, we really, and I don't know that we have. Like, because my whole thing with the 90s is, I mean... You look at any of those bands from generations before, like you look at, you know, the bands from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, how many of them are still relevant and selling out, you know, arenas and stadiums all over the world? If you look at grunge, there's really only one band that's doing that. Every other band is gone. Now, what band is that? Well, we're going to talk about them later, so I don't really want to spoil it. Well, see, because I've been told they're not grunge. And you know what? That's bull. Because the song you're gonna play yeah. is so like is so that mold mm-hmm. and no. Like they might have gotten away from it, but no, they yeah. are a grunge band. And anyone that says that they are not a grunge band is like death. Yeah. Okay? Like, uh uh-uh. uh. Absolutely not. They are so grunge. I want to uh, I, I wanna I wanna put a pin in it right there. Um, because you also mentioned Nirvana and things that are crap about the nineties. Doesn't Nirvana fall under grunge or is that a whole other issue for you? Nirvana is a whole other issue for me because Nirvana is like Nirvana is the reason why in high in um, like elementary school, I was absolutely tortured because I loved bands like Bon Jovi and Def Leppard and Poison and all that. Mm-hmm. I was a loser because I didn't like Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I get it. Every generation needs a band that comes on that kind of spark plugs it. But guess what? There hasn't been anyone that spark clubbed anything in the past like 10 years music is so crap now and current rock music is so crap like it's just horrible and everyone acts like nirvana is this great band guess what they have like three albums kurt cobain blew his head off so who the hell knows what would have happened 
if, you know, Nirvana would have continued on. They might have become like Metallica and been like the ultimate sellouts to people. And people might be like, wow, I can't believe we really like them. Like, look at what happened back in the day. And people just praise them for like three albums. And I just, I don't understand it. I don't at all. And I, I hate the blind love for Nirvana. I really do. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, I, I've said before, I think that they didn't get a chance to really, as a band, uh, establish a real legacy. Their legacy is that while they were hot, the the, the ride ended. And yep. you know, and, and it can be said that some of that's because maybe Kurt Cobain did feel a little bit like a sellout because they got so popular. But I'm like, yeah. you can't, you know what, you can't do that. You can't go out there and try to do big shows and try to do things and, and just kind of and hate your fame because you put yourself out there for a reason. Amen, you know. Steve. You didn't have to sign that record contract. You could have told that dude, you know what? We're really happy just, you know, making the music that we think is true in bars. We're not going to sign that because people can say whatever they want. But people, it's like you are allowed to say no. Like, no, we're not going to do that. So it's like, I don't want to hear that fame was too much for you, buddy. You accepted it. Yeah. And you married, you married a fame. I can't say the word, but you married a chick who is so all about fame and the bright lights and the attention so it's like, dude, you you brought that on yourself, homie. You knew what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what came out of that, though, that just, I, you know, I'm really thankful to all the rock gods for, and that's Dave Grohl. Yep. You know, uh, and and I think he's been a huge uh, positive thing to come out of that era in, the, in that situation. Um, you mentioned one-hit wonders. Now, this every generation has one-hit wonders, Kristen. I know, but, and, like, we talked about this in another episode, like, being super aware of it. Like, I feel like in the 90s, like, if you look at, you know, the biggest hits of the 90s, mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of them are songs that, like, it was just bands you never heard of again, which I don't really feel like that's in a, like, I, I mean, obviously there's a lot of one-hit wonders in the 80s and 70s and all that sort mm -hmm. of stuff, but I don't think, like, the biggest hits were all one-hit wonders. Like, if you look at the 90s, like, the Macarena was one of the biggest songs of that decade. <laughs> What did they ever do? Nothing. Uh, I wanna, you know I'm right. You know I'm right, Steve. I know. I, I, I tend to agree with you. And I and I try to, you know, I don't have the numbers to back anything up. But I think of songs like uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something. Yep. Um, I think of, uh, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling through some stuff here. Just kind of taking a little, a little peek at some things and, you know, they weren't a one-hit wonder, but Hootie and the Blowfish had their big first album, and Darius Rucker's a country singer now. You know, yep. um, and there were—it's just—it's—it's it's a weird situation. You know, it's like it does feel like there was a lot of one-hit wonders, or at least one album. You know, they lasted one album, and that was that. Now, I have yeah. several—I have a couple more of Hootie and the Blowfish stuff because I tend to. I dig listening to them sometimes. You know, they they make me happy. They they give me a happy nostalgia rather than an awkward feeling nostalgia. As some of this stuff does, um, <laughs> you know. And uh, and 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 so, uh, you know, Alanis Morissette, who came out of the nineties. Um, yep, one of the biggest selling albums of all time, Jagged Little Pill. Yep, and uh, you know, and I feel like she's maintained a certain level of success beyond that. Um, but uh, but I feel like once she got happy, um... <laughs> in Nobody... the nineties, you weren't allowed to be happy. Yeah, and I think that's, that's... why everyone hated hair metal. That, and that's the that's the point I want to get to really quickly because you also mentioned Titanic. Thank you for throwing that one in the thing about crap about the nineties. 
<laughs> Anytime, Steve. Yeah. Uh, and then you write, everyone hating bands that I love. Yep. And I think that's the key. You know, here's the thing about grunge to me, and, and, and I want to come back, and I said we're going to put a pin in it, and I'm going to come back to it. Grunge is honestly, and, and you can't say it's not, it's a form of rock. It's a, it's a rock and roll. You know, what these guys are doing is playing rock and roll. The problem is, is they were seen in kind of the same way that I guess punk was seen as kind of, you know, kicking against the, the, the accepted standard and that sort of thing. Um, they kicked back against everything that had influenced them, or at least that was the public persona. Yeah. And you and you hit the nail on the head that you weren't allowed to be happy in the 90s. And, and mm -hmm. really, within pop culture, there was this shift from, you know, we're going to party, we're going to have a good time, everything's going to be good, uh, to, wow, my life sucks. Everything sucks. Everything's bad. Everything's, you know, let's really... Let's really Focus in on the angst that nobody's talking about. And on one hand, great. That's good. On the other hand, but you know what? It's not always that way. In the same way that it's not always a party, it's not always, you know, bummer, angsty stuff either. Yep, exactly. And, and it was this weird pendulum swing away from what had been good. And then everyone looked at what was good and, and honestly still is good and said, this is crap. I mean, if you just look, I mean, I know I talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and, but it, it's stupid. But, like, if you look at that, like, it's almost like people want to skip the entire decade. Oh, Kristen was making a great point. She went away again. Decade of the 80s and just go from the 70s to the 90s in terms of music that was relevant. Let me, oh, I went away? You did. You went away for now. There's a just huge delay betwixt us. Can you hear? Oh, no. <laughs> Do you want to hang up and call back? We better. We better. Edit. Okay. All right. Going to hang up. Going to call back. Very poor. Um, there were cutoffs. There was a delay. Um, I'm leaving I'm leaving uh, call quality feedback. Um, and then I'm sending the feedback. Hey, sorry. Hey, you there? Better. Is it better? Yeah, you sound better. Okay, good. Um, I was leaving call quality feedback, so they'll know that this sucks. <laughs> it is horrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you sound better as well. So you were saying that in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they completely jump over like that decade. They do. I, and I feel like that's with like a lot of people. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's like the 80s are a joke, and the only stuff that's relevant is the 70s and then the 90s and it's like i'm sorry but you will you can never ever ever erase the, the generation that was the 80s you can never erase bands like journey you can never erase bands like you know foreigner and bon jovi and def leppard and i know we talk about them so you guys know that we love them but it's like those bands have sold millions and millions and millions and millions of records and influenced so many people but to so many people that that just that 10 years is a complete joke and everyone just like discards it and says that it's all crap and it's not. And the and it just sucks that people are like, oh, well, we're going to listen to, you know, Kurt Cobain. It smells like teen spirit and, you know, down with, you know, poison, nothing but a good time. It's like, dude, honestly, that like that the, all those songs were just like pictures in time and it's not crap. That's what it was. So, and I know I get heated about it, but it just, it bums me out because the 80s were such a huge period for music and everybody just acts like it's a complete joke and a waste of time and it's not. 
Well, and early on in the 90s, you had groups like Guns N' Roses who had huge success with uh, Use Your use your illusions one and two and you had uh bon jovi who had some big hits that sort of thing skid row first like metal band to debut at number one yeah and so you had uh you had some stuff there and and then everyone just kind of kicked back on it and soured on it because they perceived all the stuff that these guys were doing as being this deep and thoughtful stuff when really at the end of the day no it's not it's navel gazing yeah you know and, and and it's not that they were... Un, I don't want anyone to think they were untalented or, or, or that I think that any of these people were untalented. It's just that it's very much... There is a shift in tone uh, mm-hmm. from from where we were to, to where we are. Now, we've got someone in the in the, uh, in the chat um, <clears throat> call, you know, saying that uh, a lot of 80s rock didn't have deep messages in them. And, yeah, absolutely not. No. And I Why? disagree. I mean, you could turn... You could... Listen, just in playing some 80s rock backwards, you get messages about Satan. So, <laughs> Yeah, buddy. <laughs> you know, put some Led Zeppelin on, put it on backwards. You hear some messages, man. That, that's what they say. But no, seriously. Um, you know, you, you, you had people... Yeah, you know what? There was a focus on the partying and the good times and that sort of thing. But, again, you get into some lyrics of some of these people we've talked about, and there really is some good stuff in there. Yeah, and I mean, you can't say that, you know, if I close my eyes forever or don't close your eyes by kicks and both songs are about suicide. Like, you can't say that music of the 80s had didn't have deep meanings. And if you say that, it's because you're listening to, you know, Mickey and <laughs> Don't You Want Me Baby. Like, you're not listening to, you know, su- you're you're just not listening to such a good corner of music and it's so sad because that's how people that's how people think people think that music in the 80s has no meaning or no heart behind it whatsoever and it's just like come on and like i'm not calling this person out but it's like come on man just like just educate yourself and like listen to some stuff like it's not all it's not all crap well, <laughs> there's it, some stuff that's crap but yeah and in the same way everything in the 90s isn't crap there's some good stuff that came out of the 90s and in fact Kristen and i uh, resisted the urge to uh, to to pull you know those hits from places like Guns N' Roses and Def Leppard. Def Leppard has some great '90s uh, albums, a couple of albums that came out in the '90s that are just awesome. And we resisted the some urge. Of their best. Yes, agreed. Some of their best, and uh, and we resisted the urge. But you know, I just there, every every era of music has its vapid, shallow you know, pop stuff, and it has its vapid, shallow rock stuff. But you take, like, one of the biggest hits from the 1980s uh, is our boy Springsteen, born in the USA. Born in the USA is not some just great little patriotic flag-waving song. You know, it's got some some real depth and some real meaning behind it. And and I just feel like that, that when you dismiss an entire... And, you know, and we joke because we do. On a podcast like this, and with me... We're going to speak in hyperbole a lot. We're going to talk about, you know, we're going to throw out the baby with the bathwater every time, if for no other reason than the joke. But when it comes right down to it, you know, um, I think the movement away from, uh, well, we're not happy anymore <laughs> to, you know, or, or we were happy, but we're not anymore, then um, I think that's what kind of ruined it for me. Because to me, one of the things, and I've said this before on the show, one of the things for me that I love in music is is when it's fun. I just like fun music. 
and that um and that turns around and and causes me to have a really weird eclectic taste in what i like <laughs> you know and so a lot of times it's like well is it fun all right i give it a pass does it jam all right i'll give it a pass um you know but and i try not to be an old fogey about things and i feel like i've turned into that but um but honestly, when I look back at this era and just having grown up in it and remembering high school and remembering how uh, how big that culture was, you know, in coming on, like, you know, I lived in a and if and if it hit this town, then it's huge because this little town is nothing and we get everything late. We never got anything on time we never got anything cool that the rest of the world was getting into that sort of thing and if it hit this town it mattered it meant something to the rest of society as a whole and uh, <laughs> and i remember when 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 it all came down and i remember the kids who were into it and i remember the you know moving on in life later on in the 90s the kids who were into the things that were you know kind of came about because of that trend in rock music you know, Rod, bald-headed Rod, mentioned some of the things he liked from the 90s. He mentioned Corn and Prodigy and um, uh, Rage. You know, I remember kids who thought they were so cool because they were into Limp Biscuit and and that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, good lord. And it was just like, okay, this isn't for me. Um, you know, it's just not. And, uh, and, and I'm glad there's been a trend back to the stuff that we both love so much and, and it being accepted again and people just, you know, kind of giving them the props that it's due and, and understand you're not having to crap on one to lift up the other, you know, uh, even though we do that on the 90s so much, but there is some good <laughs> stuff. There are some, there is some good stuff to come out of the 90s and, and we're um, going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it right now. The first one uh, I'm, I'm going to bring out here to everyone is from a group from Athens, Georgia. One of my finally yeah one of my favorite places in the whole wide world this is rem losing my religion I like a lot of REM stuff. I'm not an REM hater by any stretch of the imaginations, and I think they're one of the better things. Well, what happened? And I think they're one of the better things that came out of uh, this era, late 80s into the early 90s and that sort of thing. Uh, Michael Stipe and company um, really kind of brought that whole idea of, you know, you're talking about the deep lyrics. They they made, there's always been music with the deep, you know, self-centered, thought-provoking lyrics and everything. Uh, REM was really key in um, in in making it uh, making it popular, 
and uh, one of the one of the pioneers uh, in almost almost one of the pioneers in alternative rock, especially for this era. But I just always kind of dug this song. It's one of those you can sing along to. I know all the words, and uh, still have no idea what they're talking about. Like, what's the song really about? Well, I don't know. I just like the words. Whatever. <laughs> when I think R.E.M., I, do you know what movie I immediately think of? Uh, Man on the Moon. No. Oh, okay. I think Tommy Boy. Why, now, why do you when think... When they're in the car and they're singing... Because they're singing It's oh, the End of the World the in the, the car. Oh, the World. Yeah, yes, yes. And they can't... <laughs> Leonard Bernstein. So good. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. Six o'clock TV on. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually seen REM live. Shocker! Oh, they wow. played with Bruce. They played with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. And Bruce Springsteen actually sang "Man on the Moon" with them. Oh wow! That was pretty awesome. Um, I mean, the dude sounds exactly like he sounds on the records live, which I always appreciate. There's nothing worse than when you see a live band and you're like, "Is this the same band? Like, did I, is this the band that I like have all their albums by? What?" Yeah, they uh, it. I, I've not seen them live. I've seen them do live performances. They were inducted into the Georgia Music Hall of Fame just last year, year before last, and uh, and I saw their performance. Um, and and they sounded great, and he sounded great. I have a friend who was a nanny for uh, one of their lawyers, so that's pretty oh no cool. way. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I I dig REM and I dig you know I don't necessarily always agree with their messages and such as, but I never had a problem with them. I also like their song "Fire," and uh, man, everybody hurts will make you feel really sad. So, um, moving right along, Kristen stole my pick by picking this one uh, for this episode. Stole one of my picks. Now this is a group that uh, Kristen we were talking about off air. You know, had their distinctive. Um, their distinctive moments where they were big, they in in different generations at different times. You know, th- this is one of those bands that have spanned the decade, and this was a huge hit when it came out. Um, this is Aerosmith with Crazy. Come here, baby. You know you drive me up a wall the way you make good ball the nasty tricks you pull. Seems like we're making up more than we're making love. It always seems you got something on your mind other than me. Girl, you got to change your crazy ways. You hear me? Say you're leaving on a 7.30 train and that you're heading out to Hollywood. Girl, you've been giving me the line so many times it kind of gets like feeling bad. Looks good. Aerosmith. So good. So good. <laughs> oh, now look. I 
the, we need to do an Aerosmith show at some point. Um, Put it in your notebook. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I do need to write that down. Thanks for reminding me. I have the notebook sitting right here. I've got my Marvel notebook that was uh, uh-huh. given to me by my good friend Jeff Brown. Future shows to do. We got our Van Halen two-parter coming down the track somewhere. And Aerosmith. Man, they're going to be... Oh, they were in... Uh, what's today? Is today Wednesday? Yeah. They were in Atlanta, I think, last night with Slash. Oh, snap. Slash is in the same state as you. I know. I wanted to go so bad. I should have. Looking back on it. You need to go. Because, I mean, like I told you, when he plays here, he plays like the House of Blues. So, like, you definitely need to keep an eye on, like, his Facebook or something because he'll come around playing smaller venues. Okay. Well, I'll keep that in mind. I'll make sure. I'm telling you. I promise. Now, um, <clears throat> I will say this. Wu mentioned crying in the chat, and I do love crying, by the way. <laughs> the song, not the act of actually crying. But but talk about crazy. They're like the 90s trio. Yeah. yeah like, cr- crying, amazing, and crazy yeah. were all, like, those 90s. Like, this was when, vi- like, music videos were starting. Because, I mean, in the 80s, you had, like, videos were a new medium, so, like, you know, things were cheesy. You mm-hmm. had, you know, people slaying, you know, dragons and all this weird stuff that happened in 80s videos. But then in the 90s, people started to, like, get creative with the videos. And Aerosmith, like, they were making mini movies with their videos. And, like, when you think, and, like, Alicia Silverstone is, like, I feel like Alicia Silverstone was maybe, like, the first, like, non-sexed up video vixen ever, because she was the Aerosmith <laughs> video girl, but she wasn't, like, a Tawny Katane or um, a Bobby Brown, so, like, she was just, like, this chick who was, like, relatable, and I remember watching this video when I was a kid, and it gave me such a skewed perception of what high school was like. I thought high school would be, like, like sneaking out of class every day, going, like, driving around, getting into trouble, that that didn't happen. I didn't. I didn't have to sneak around in high school. Everyone knew where I was every moment. <laughs> <laughs> I love. But I mean, too. Like, I feel like it's. This is something that like, you know we have to bring up too because like people are gonna listen to this and they're gonna be like, oh my god, like really, like you're you're pulling Aerosmith in a '90s episode. Like, what are you doing? And like, like you kind of touched on like before the song started, like. Aerosmith has very, very defined and unique generations in their music. Like, there is a very specific 70s Aerosmith, a very specific 80s Aerosmith, and a very specific 90s Aerosmith. And Aerosmith somehow managed to kind of, like, kick away the whole, you know, grunge hate Mm -hmm. and be able to persevere and be huge in the 90s. Like, I I think that the album Pump is the biggest album that they did and that's and that's a 90s record. Yeah. Yeah, they um so, well they and, were huge. And and listen, I couldn't get into a vehicle with one of my friends and and everybody had the big ones uh CD the of their greatest hits or whatever. Um I mean they yeah. yeah, they made a huge turnaround comeback. They just had a huge presence throughout the 90s. And don't even get me started when Armageddon came out, man. Um, I, I don't want to miss a thing was huge. They've got a really cool album that came out, gee whiz, five or six years ago. Very bluesy, very, um, what's it called? It's called Honkin' on Bobo. Honkin' on a Bobo. Honk, no, just Honkin' on Bobo. Okay. And, uh, it's very bluesy. 
um very uh very raw and it's just like it just fits who they are so good but you know it's not going to get any airplay or anything it didn't um but um but yeah so they're still around making music when when steve tyler is like sober i guess i guess he still battles back and forth with some sobriety but um but yeah that 90s man they they maintained you got to give them props they maintained but I think they maintain. Yep. And th- Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and they're the only classic band we're going to talk about on this entire episode. Every other band is like a true 90s band. That's so right. stop That's right. hating haters. Yeah. yeah. Well, they maintained, I think, because, you know, look at, look at, their, look at the big trilogy that you mentioned. The Trinity, if you will. Uh, crazy, um, Crying, and what was the other one? Amazing. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I, I think... In the, is it now? I don't. Is amazing? Is that the uh, my lantern? What is amazing? Why don't I know that? All That's the, the one with all the strings. Yes. See, again, they they what? Look at what they were playing. Um, very much. Uh, <laughs> very kind of ballady, you know. Very very yeah. very radio friendly stuff, um, and, and uh. Let me get a taste of that real quick. Yeah. You can't tell me Alicia Silverstone wasn't sexed up in this video. I don't think she was. Let me tell you something. He... Play. He can sing. His voice is cool too to me, um, and I love Liv Tyler. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you know, I think they stuck around because the the stuff that got big was that ballady, you know, kind of stuff that you could sing to your girlfriend or you could play for your girlfriend. Yep. Or you could make out to. So, moving right along, this is a song that I just love. Those songs to... always do well. Yes, indeed. <laughs> this is uh, this is a song that I just love to jam out to as a teenager. It's Soundgarden, My Wave. You know, we were talking earlier, Kristen, about quintessential '90s stuff. Before we we came we came on here, you used that term, quintessential '90s. And to me, this has the sound of a quintessential '90s rock song. Um, yeah, it, 
you know, this takes me back to, I used to drive an old 83 Chevrolet Caprice Classic as a teenager. Uh, so it was a 12-year-old car when I was a senior in high school. We called it the Red Rocket. Huge, huge vehicle. We hop in my car. It's as big <laughs> as a well. And, um, but man, listening to I-95 out of Savannah, it was the rock station, 95.5 out of Savannah, Georgia. Uh, I-95. Uh, rock station and uh, you know they played this kind of stuff and they played a little bit of classic stuff but um, you know it was just the station everyone listened to it was the one we kept on and this is one of those songs that just caught my ear and always loved it when it came on and um, and it just takes me back to riding down the road in that big old car you know just trying to sing along like I'm all BA and I'm not at all you know I'm like you can get on my wave if you want to you can come over here and piss on my gate um and and so you know and Soundgarden is a group that you know they've been in and out of things they had a song uh they came together and recorded a song for the Avengers a couple of years ago and they're on the they're in the closing yep. credits and so uh that's all I have really have to say about this song that was like a huge deal when they did a tour I was like oh my god new Soundgarden song I mean for me Soundgarden's never been like a huge thing for me and I know I'm gonna get such hate in the chat for this but like I know, I know that you know Chris Cornell is, is a like a great vocalist, mm-hmm. but to me, it's very like his voice is very generic. And when I say generic, I mean like you could put on the radio, and like I said, like he might be the cream of the crop and like the best of like this kind of vocal, but you can hear so many people that have been influenced by him. So it, I don't know, it takes away. That- sparkle it's kind of the same thing with led zeppelin you know how it's like well i'm hearing a billion other people sounding exactly like this dude (laughs) so it's like i get it i get this that this dude was the first and that you know he's got you know crazy range and all sort of stuff but to me and to my ears it's extremely generic yeah well i i just like the song it jams that's all i'm gonna say about that (laughs) (laughs) it's a good driving tune um uh, here's one I can't say I'm really super excited about, but we'll play it. It's one of your picks. It's Adam's song by Blink-182. I did get distracted by a text from my dad. 
uh, <laughs> do that. He uh, he sent a text to my mom way back in the day, winning a beauty pageant. So or in a beauty pageant. Crazy. Good lord. I know, right? <laughs> so it's one of those Catholic school beauty pageants. So back in the like the oh, I'm 60s. sure that was great. Back in the sixties. So do something. <laughs> Be something to make fun of her about. Anyhow, uh, you know, you were talking about Chris Cornell's voice sounding like everything else. That's how the dude from Bleak 182 sounds to me. There, there's this style of music that came out that it's it's slightly... It, the, the beat and the rhythm of it, it seems slightly punk-influenced. And the way that... Uh, the way these guys sing, it all sounds... Um, sounds so similar. And I just kind of like, I'm like, well, I'm a kind of, I was over it by the end of the 90s for real. <laughs> See, it's like, that's, like when I too, like, again, like TRL memories, like I remember seeing them on TRL when, you know, they're running naked through the streets. And this was, this was a band that me and my then best friend in, you know, middle school and then for a few years in high school, she was obsessed with Blink-182, like, ridiculously so. Um, so, like, this was a band that we bonded over and that we would, you know, listen to and, you know, be silly and sing the lyrics to all, you know, their stupid songs. And it's like, yeah, I know some of them are silly, but they're a lot of fun. And I remember when they went on hiatus and when they, you know, broke up, she, like, came over my house inconsolable. Like, she was sobbing. And... I think I'm pretty sure that that was the first band that I ever experienced where they're like, hi, we're, you really like us. And we're, we're actually going to go on, we're going to break up, but we're going to call it a hiatus, but we don't know if we're ever coming back together again. <laughs> and I've experienced that a lot now in my 24 <laughs> years of life. And it sucks every single time. And I mean, Blake Winnie too influenced a lot of bands that, you know, came to be huge influences on me when I was in high school. So, I mean, you can't, you can't knock, you know, the kings, the kings of it all. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, like I say, I'm not knocking it. It's just, it's not really, it was never my thing. These guys, I just never, <laughs> I look at this and this is part of what I didn't like about the, uh, the nineties. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah. poor Blink-182. I know. Bless their <laughs> hearts. Bless their hearts. The guitar player is super nice, though, and everyone said he would be a jerk. He's not. He was very nice to me. Oh, look, I'm. I, this is the thing. is I'm not casting dispersion on anybody as a person, you know? No, I know you're not. I'm just saying. I'm throwing it out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know... I really like when people are nice that everyone says they're going to be, like, the rudest, nastiest person ever, and you're like, really? Because they were actually great. <laughs> they, were, they were super cool to me. Um... <clears throat> you know, one of my favorite things to come out of the 90s, or one of my favorite groups to come out of the 90s, um, is a group called Bare Naked Ladies. Absolutely love these guys. And this is a song by them that I also absolutely love. It's called The Old Apartment. Broken to the old apartment.
Now, my favorite song ever by Bare Naked Ladies is One Week, but I picked Old Apartment because of, of the way it just kind of jams. It just opens up with that cool thing. And I love the lyrics. I love these guys, and I love this group because they'll be talking about something. You're like, are they are they serious? Are they not serious? And, and with this, you're like, did he break up with someone as he's talking? And, and the whole idea is, no, he didn't. The person that he lived there with, they they bought a house somewhere else, and uh, and he just went back in a fit of nostalgia. And uh, the people who live there now painted, and they covered the hole that he punched in the door, and they've got his mousetrap and his dish rack. <laughs> and it's not meant to be funny. It's it's all about you know going back and and how you can never go really go home again that sort of thing. And um. But but all of their songs, they've got some, they've got just some fun, funny kind of stuff, and then they've got some really kind of deep, thought provoking stuff. But it's all really good and all. And and this original group, you know, this original version with their original lead singer, I always just dug his voice and and uh, and the harmonies they would have. They were fun to see in concert, and um, and I just I dig this song. They have a new lead singer. Well, the their original lead singer left. And so the guy who was kind of like the co-front man has just stepped up and does lead on everything now. How long ago was that? It's been a few years. It's been a few years. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. I like literally Bare Naked Ladies is one band that like, because I, I know you love them, so mm-hmm. don't hate me for this, but... I always put in the one hit wonder category because the only song I knew by them was one week. Yeah. And then maybe pinch me because pinch mm-hmm. me is them too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It, so listen, a two hit wonder. As far, but yeah. I love one week. We played at work all the time. Yeah. As far as radio hits go, I'll completely give you that. But that song was my gateway into the rest of their catalog. And I just found, okay. I just found that I really dig them. Now they're big in Canada. Uh, you know, like Robin Shabatsky, and uh <laughs> but that's a how I met your mother reference um but <laughs> but they were big in can they're they're still big in Canada they are Canadian they're a Canadian group um and you know they've hit just you know I would I wouldn't say they've been unsuccessful in the states but they're very much uh I don't I don't even know if they're an acquired taste you know but they're just I don't know that they'll ever have that big radio hit again um, yeah, but, uh, but I'm telling you to me, the rest of their catalog is worth checking out just cause they've got some fun stuff in there and some, some kind of deep stuff. There's a song they've got called call and answer that'll just break your heart. And, um, and, and so, so I had to throw them in there as, you know, just coming out of the nineties, just good stuff. I like that song. That song is good. I like the lyrics. Yeah. Um, well, moving on to your next pick then. Uh, another band that we both really agree on as digging from the 90s it's Fuel with Bittersweet if I can turn the volume up
I mean, how good is fuel? So good. Just like a straight up rock band. Yep. And yes, like their guitar tones and all that, again, very 90s. You know, the vocal is very 90s, but, but I, I always appreciate just like a straight rock band. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they're not really adhering to any of the grunge ties. They're not adhering to any pop. Like, just just kick ass. And I love them. I, their first two records are always, always, always going in my car. I love them. I, I just, I love them. And I just, the lyrics in this song, like, I dig it. You know, I love silicone priestess, scratch the back and twist the knife to bone. Like, oh, that's so good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to cheat because there is some good, there, there's some good fuel stuff that just, I mean, uh, it'll just, again. Shimmer, bad yes. day. Oh, bad day. That's Hemorrhage. the one. Mm. Had a bad day again. Mm. Yeah, they're uh, to me they're really good. And bittersweet is just it, it just the it, it has a good jam to it. it. Has a good guitar hook in there and everything. Um, and you're right. You know what they they are definitely they've got that '90s feel. Uh, I don't know. Michael in the chat says they're kind of formulaic to him. I don't. You know. I, I'm okay. You know. That's fine. That's fine. See, I'll agree with their. I think it was the third album. Mm -hmm. I thought that, like, I did not like that album. I didn't. I have. I mean, I have listened to their new record, and I do really dig it because, again, it's like very just like straight up rock. But I didn't really like anything that they did after um, the album that Hemorrhage and Bad Day are on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, well, let's see. On uh, Angels and Devils, which came out, I don't. It's late and late in the aughts. There's a song, their their opening song on that "Gone" was pretty good, and "Wasted Time" is a good song by them. Um, but uh, but yeah, that stuff out of the '90s is just really, really some some good stuff that I enjoy to this day. Enjoy some Fuel. So we're on the same. Me page. too. And they played they played in the same city as you know where I work, and it was a free show, and I was working, so I didn't get to go, and I'm so bummed. Because Fuel was still a band that I have never seen live that I would really, really, really love to see. <laughs> I just want to pause real quick. And, Shocker. Yeah, I just want to pause real quick and say there was a little bit of delay on the Skype there, and it made you sound like you were study stuttering over the word really. It sounded like you were like, really, really want to see. <laughs> I just couldn't get it out. <laughs> Kristen, Kristen was a hell of a podcaster, but she had a stutter sometime. Um. Now you want to talk about bands that get into angst and stuff? Yeah, this this group, this next group that we're gonna play has songs that like cut me to the quick because they just mean so much to me for the time in my life in which I really started listening to them and discovering that sort of thing. Um, everyone knows the big hits by these guys. It's tonic. Everyone knows if you could only see, if you could only see. But this is a song off of their album, Lemon Parade. It's called Mountain. Thank you. 
had to let it get to the big breakout there um tonic is i don't i don't know if you're if if you are familiar with them or not chris and we've never talked about tonic i'm not i just know that one big song <laughs> yeah 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 they um you know they they may be there may be a two hit wonder they had another one not yeah if you're good but there was the other one um doesn't matter uh but they're they've got my gosh i'm telling you the I discovered their music. Of course, I knew the one big song, and, and I think I bought the CD because of the one big song. But as I got to listen, I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're telling my story. <laughs> <laughs> they are singing everything that I feel right now. and uh, This is my life. And, and, I, and, and I picked Mountain not necessarily because it was anything that I ever failed or anything, but I just I, – it's one of those – sitting out on the back porch listening to it kind of thing you know um that i just i really i just dig that feel i dig the kind of groove to it i dig the the acoustic rolling into the more electrical stuff and um and and they've got some tight harmonies on the back side of the electrical thing and and i really just there's not you know you have it's one of those things where it's like i have my favorite songs on their albums like um if you could only see is one of my least favorite songs off of the album that it came from you know i'm like wow i I guess i see why it got all the airplay but man there's Mm -hmm. some there's some other good crap on there the other one they had their other big hit was you wanted more more than i could but anyhow uh so yeah that's (laughs) you're turning into me tonight steve i'm sorry i'm sorry i know right i'm picking some deep cuts I know you're like, oh my god, no, the single's crap. Everything else is so much better. I'm so proud of you, Steve. <laughs> See, I do know music, guys. I'm not just a radio listener. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's. But yeah, I would, I would encourage you to check out some time. I think you'd like them, especially a song called "Mr. Golden Deal." Oh my gosh. Ugh. You gotta send it to me. It's one of the greatest songs of all time. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll send it to you. Anyhow. Um, I'm really glad you put this group on here because it's a group that, uh, what, are they doing anything now, this next group? Are they still around? Yeah. They just had a huge album that came out last year. They're touring all over the world this year. Like, they're touring, oh, man, I forget who. I I can't remember who they're touring with, but they're touring with, like, three bands right now, and they're all bands that you would know. Are th- What was the, was there a hit that came off of their album that? Um, the big songs was Rebel Beat and then also Come to Me. Come to Me is so cute. Oh, I can't even take it. Yeah, I don't know, but this is the Goo Goo Dolls with Long Way Down. (laughs) 
funny story, Kristen. Um, when I when I saw this on your list, uh, I originally I for some reason, well, not for some reason, just because I'm an idiot. For half a minute, I thought it was this song. But that's Follow You Down by the Gin Blossoms. Yep. (laughs) Not the same band. No, I saw Long Way Down Goo Goo Dolls. I'm like, oh, yeah, anywhere you go. No, that's not right. And uh, But no, (laughs) what a jamming song by those guys. Right? It's so good. Like, that is very, very, very early. Or not, like, super early, but that's, like, earlier Goo Goo Dolls and, like, you know, Iris and all that sort of stuff. Um and it's weird because the Goo Goo Dolls were, like, huge in around 95 with the song name. And then they fell off the face of the earth. And it was like, oh, one-hit wonder, whatever. And then a little song called Iris happened. Oh, Iris. And a little album called Dizzy Up the Girl happened. And they just completely and utterly exploded. And, I mean, I remember, I think it was 97, like, I remember in 97, like, I would drive in the car with my aunt, we would go to the flea market to pick up some Beanie Babies for me, which I swear to God is true, and that's what we used to do. (laughs) (laughs) Please tell me you were listening to Goo Goo Dolls going to buy Beanie Babies. We were. I remember like Iris and Slide and Black Moon, like so the singles 90s. from that album oh just kept coming. And I mean, we talked a lot about it, a lot about it with um, Mad Rocks 20, how, you know, more than you think, or yourself or someone like you was just single after single after single. And mm-hmm. that's how, you know, Dizzy Up the Girl is. And I mean, you want to talk about a live band? Like I saw the Goo Goo Dolls <laughs> open for Bon Jovi and what wow. a show. Like really? so good. Wow. Yeah, incredible. They have a DVD too. It's called, um, I think it's like Goo Goo Dolls 4th of July live in Buffalo. And it starts just downpouring on them. And they play almost the entire show in like torrential rain. It is one of the most beautiful performances I've ever, ever ever seen everybody should go youtube it because it's incredible wow i just can't get over how 90s the statement was these songs would come on while we were going to the flea market to buy beanie babies yep i still have a lot of my beanie babies too i looked them up on ebay i got some i got some pricey ones man wow um my dad's convinced i have the princess diana one i don't I'm convinced I don't. (laughs) Now, um, you don't have the Princess Diana Beanie Baby. I've actually got some Beanie Babies on my mantle in my in my living room. I have some monkeys. Yeah, what are they? I have uh, Bongo the monkey. Okay. Uh, Um, I have him as a teeny beanie from McDonald's, (laughs) as well as the regular size Beanie Baby, as well as the bigger one. I've got a few. I've got a few other monkeys. I don't remember their names, and I've got some lizards and a dragon. So. Oh, I have two dragons. I love the dragons. So there you go. Um, my dad my dad has his racehorses that he's very proud of. His racehorse beanie babies. They're official. <laughs> I am. Uh, I, that was a phenomenon like no other to me. That was amazing. I know. And working at McDonald's when they were doing the teeny beanie stuff. Good Lord. People come through. What, uh, what have you got today? Just the pelican. <laughs> I already have him. You, would you, you like- don't anything else? Exactly. Can you look you and promise. see? Can you what look I need and to see? Do? Just look and see for me, please. 
Michael <laughs> Michael in the chat says he hopes that Toad the Wet Sprocket gets mentioned at some point. All right, there they are. Um, yeah, they are. We said it. Yeah, Toad the Wet. I'm trying to think of what the song was by them when I was in high school, like my senior year of high school. That was so. That was just huge in '95. And um, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But anyhow. Uh, <laughs> continuing down this path. Dolls, one of the biggest bandies. One of the biggest bands of the 90s, one of the for biggest, sure. Yes, right. One of the biggest bandies of the 90s. You're right, Kristen. Uh, bandies. <laughs> that's what Bandy you said. Bandies. <laughs> one of the big... Collecting beanie babies. Listen to one of the biggest bandies of the 90s. Um... <laughs> You did mention earlier on we've got a grunge band. That's Pearl Jam, even flow. I just played a little bit of it. I, you know. <laughs> I'm not hating on Pearl Jam by playing a little bit of it. I just I have the I have the urge whenever I hear this song to go into what I just did. I like I totally didn't mean to sing, but all of a sudden it just happened. it's become such a habit with me. Total upfront truth when it comes to their hits that were big. I do like some of Pearl Jam's stuff from the early to early mid nineties. Um, not all of it. I'm not a big fan of Jeremy. Um, but I do like Evenflow. I like Daughter. Um, let's see. I, I've got like three or four Pearl Jam songs that I really like. And this is one of them. And I think this is, um, you know, I don't know what he's saying. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> but the song jams. I love the guitar work in this song. Um, and I really do like, in, in some ways, I like Eddie Vedder's voice. You know, and, and i got to respect, by the time the, the 90s was ending... Uh, they were doing that um, uh, that song about it was a cover of that 60 we talked about it before um, where can my baby where, be where oh where can my baby be yeah you know and and you gotta they evolved the, and, and you know and Eddie Vedder did that into the wild soundtrack which is all like uh mandolin and ukulele type music and and there's a song that i really dig off of there you know of him doing and um but when it comes to this song when it comes to the album 10 which was a huge album for those guys uh i just i always dug the song and you know and as much as i'm not a fan of the grunge movement you know short-lived as it was as dave jones will tell you um i'm not a total hater um I feel like there is some decent stuff to listen to out of there. Um, oh, the other one. I don't know if this is actually from the 90s. Uh, it has to be, but Yellow Leadbetter, which is another song that I don't understand any of the words, but I just like the way it feels to me. And, um, <laughs> you know, and so, uh, but Even Flow is, uh, is just one of those songs that when it would come on, I would jam to it. I like the way the guitar runs into the thing. And, and even though I don't understand the words, it's fun to sing words that I don't understand. The end. As you just displayed. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And I totally did not mean to. Totally did not mean to. I loved it. So. I mean, I'm the opposite of you because I am a total hater on all things grunge. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I will say about Pearl Jam is Pearl Jam is the only band from this awful, awful, awful movement 
that has managed to stay relevant and sell out arenas all over the place. That's true. And that is something that you have to respect. That's true. Um, Pearl Jam actually closed out the Spectrum in Philadelphia, which annoyed me because Bruce Springsteen should have done it. But whatever, I digress. Um, because he did say some really nice things about the Spectrum. And he was like, well, you know, if, you know, the gods can have their Mount Olympus, why can't we have our Spectrum? I'm like, oh, my God, why did you <laughs> knock it down? <laughs> horrible. Uh, absolutely a church isn't horrible. Um, hey, listen, yeah, there was the, some... There was the some... only band... Yeah, you're right. You're right. There was some great wrestling that took place at the Philadelphia Spectrum, by the way. So yes, there way, was. Way back in there the was day. some great shows. It was known for like boxing. It was America's Showplace, Steve. Yeah, that's where Rocky and Apollo Creed fought. Yep. Yeah. So anyhow. <laughs> so good. There used there used to be the Rocky statue right outside the Spectrum. It's yep. not there anymore, no. but used to be there. Yep. Where did they move it? That where the is it just gone completely now? No, they moved it to the um, art museum steps. They moved it back to the steps. Yep. Because hmm. it used it used to be Rocky and Kate Smith right outside. And yeah. now Kate Smith is outside of Xfinity Live, which is where the Spectrum used to be. Yeah. I, you know, I knew they'd moved it to the Spectrum. And there's actually a mention of it in Rocky Balboa. When Paulie's talking to Rocky about his stuff, he's like, you know, there's still some stuff in the basement. He's like, tell me about the stuff. And he said, oh, you know, you know, it's just stuff. And he's like, you mad that they moved your statue? <laughs> no, I don't care about that. <laughs> Rocky's awesome. like, oh, I don't care about that. So, um, in fact, WWE. You need, to go, you need to come to Philly one time, Steve, because let me, like, Rocky is, like, massive. I love Rocky. And, like, it's like he's a real person. Yeah. Like, people are like, no, we're from Philadelphia. We're like Rocky. Like, that, that is, like, who we are as people. Like, that's who we, you know, personify ourselves with. Well, you need to get up here. Well, you know, in Rocky Three, he's making a speech, and he's like, you know, about about five years ago, this city really took me in, you know, and and they okay. did. Like he was talking about in the film of Rocky Balboa, how people would walk by, like, "What's up, Rock? Yeah, Rocky. You know, not Sylvester Stallone, but Rocky." So good yep. for him. Yeah, we I, love an underdog. I've been in Philadelphia once, but it was just to uh, change uh, planes in a flight. So I was just in the airport oh. and over to from one gate to the next. So I hate that airport. It's horrible. It was kind of I remember it being grungy and kind of nasty. So Yep, welcome to Philadelphia. That's it. That's where you are. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh we close out and and I intentionally when I saw this song, I intentionally wanted to close out cuz it's a good close out song. It really is. Um, yep. not one of my favorites of all time. I, this has been such a mixed bag for me tonight, Chris, and I know it's been a mixed bag for you too, based on our picks. Um, yep. you know, you've liked some of mine, not like some, but and vice versa. And so, uh, you know, it, it's that cross section of the nineties. I can't wait to do a show where we agree on everything. So make that happen soon. This is Oasis <laughs> Champagne Supernova. Special people change 
How many lives to live is strange Where were you while we were getting high Slowly walking down the hall Faster than a cannonball Where were you while we were getting high Someday you will find me Champagne Supernova in the sky, by the way. Supernova. It's that British accent, man. Quintessential Britpop of the 90s. Oasis. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. Everyone started to go back to that, like, I mean, it's weird how, you know, and we've said it, you know, here just between, you know, Georgia and New Jersey, but it's so weird how different places will take on different kinds of music and... You know, in the UK in the 90s, it was very much like that Britpop, almost like a Beatles kind of thing where everybody went back to that, like, super simple, you know. And then you had people that were just, like, going crazy and doing all sorts of, like, techno and electronica in England. But, I mean, this album, What's the Story, Morning Glory, is... It was the biggest record in England of the 90s. And it just, it screams it all throughout the song. (laughs) Mm. Champagne supernova in the sky. That's, I, I got so tired of this song. Do what? Why? I, I just did. I mean, listen, this is this is one of those songs, and that's the thing with a lot of 90s music. I, I, it, to me, it, a lot of it just got played out. And I think more than anything else, and I know that we play music, and I know I pick hits that could you know people could point and say, well, that's played out. Um, you know, I really try not to, but I just... I feel like a lot of stuff... And a lot of my kickback into the '90s stuff is just how played out some of the some of the music got, um, and that's one. Of, and Champagne Supernova in the Sky is one of those. So, <laughs> and uh, Heel Steve, Heel hashtag Heel Steve, <laughs> hashtag Heel Steve on this one. You hate on me and all my Oasis picks. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a fan of Oasis. Not a fan. Ugh. Not a fan. So Tisk. yeah. Yeah, but you know it is what it is. It's a good song to end things out on. So um, it is. Maybe... It's that quiet send you off into the sunset. That's right. That's right. So, uh, Kristen, yeah. Final final thoughts. I love that we're going out to this. You better believe we are. <laughs> final thoughts on the nineties. I mean, some good, mostly bad, but some good, and and we talked about some good tonight. <laughs> Yeah, we did, and and I'll just go out and throw out there, you know, there were a couple of things, that there were a couple of people I left off because I couldn't, you know, figure out where to put them. Tag team, there it is. Totally couldn't pick where to pick that at. Um, uh, of course, you know, I played a little bit of Ace of Base for you guys, and everybody loves Ace of Base. Uh, no, seriously, um, stuff like uh, like Collective Soul. I, I you know, I'm, I have a... Not a love-hate relationship, but I'm on and again, off again kind of thing with Collective Soul. Really dig them. Uh, Counting Crows. 
One of mm-hmm. my favorite bands to come out of the '90s are the Counting Crows, and so you know, there's some good stuff in there. And um, and and, and again, we don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater, but a lot of times that just kind of seems to be uh, what happens. I mean, you're talking about a decade that started with Marky Mark. <laughs> Yeah, I can't do that anymore. And I think we should say, too, that we did not leave off Matchbox 20. We just have an entire two-and-a-half-hour podcast dedicated to them already. <laughs> right. You know, and like I say, again, that's a thing where we tried to make sure that we were picking stuff that was quintessential 90s. And, and you know, the only thing people might call foul on is that Def Leppard situation. But, again, they had a distinctive presence throughout the 90s yep. with, with a lot of their hits. So, um so I thought that was a great pick, and if you didn't pick it, I was going to end up picking it. So there you go. It was so we both were on board with that one, ladies and gentlemen. That, as they say, though, is that an extended episode. I mean, good night. We've gone almost two hours. There's a little bit about of, the nineties. I know. There's a little bit of preamble in there, but hey, it is what it is. We'll do some editing. We'll we'll narrow it down to about an hour and forty. Who knows. Here's the point. We thank you so much, everyone who joined us live at Mixer.com slash Goliverse. Thank you so much for taking the time and, and joining us live and having a good time with us, playing with us over there. If you're downloading the show through iTunes, head over to our iTunes page, Rock Out Loud on iTunes, and uh, leave us a rating and review so that more and more people can find us and get to know about us. That's the best way to get the word out. Also, interact with us on Twitter uh, at, at RockOutLoudPod on Twitter. I'm at Steve Glosson. Kristen is at XboxingTheStars. And, uh, of course, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash RockOutLoudPodcast at Facebook. The email is RockOutLoud at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys between shows. It's a great time. Tune in next time when you'll, when you'll hear us talk about something we both love unequivocally whatever that word is and uh and and it's just going to be a love fest we might just have to do a Def leopard album just to get the taste of this show out of our mouths i'm so. okay with that one <laughs> maybe a 90s one who knows yes yes all right that's gonna do it for us until next time i'm steve i'm Kristen. we'll see you next time on rock out loud rock on rock on guys bye